When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Do you like sports? Because we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Shack. Sports Shack. It's Sports Shack. Welcome to episode 275 of the Sports Yak Podcast. You mean the Vinny Testaverde episode? I'm familiar with that name. New York Jet? Among others, he played for seven NFL teams wow. Wow. after winning the Heisman Trophy. Lasted 20 years in the NFL. 267 interceptions, but 275 touchdown passes. And that's why we celebrate the former Miami Hurricane today. And boy, it's rare that we'll celebrate a Miami Hurricane on this show. But nevertheless, <laughs> Vinny Testaverde. Family Broadcasting Corporation. In association with the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Presents Sports Yak. One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. It's all the way! It is! Here's your host, Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here! And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer, this one will be relived. Chuck Freebie. Forever! You know who played for a lot of teams is Jawan Howard. Yes, he did. That dude moved around the NBA a lot. And he was actually there for a good chunk of time at each team. It wasn't like a blip. He he no. spent some time there. Yeah, I, I think he was a quality player. Obviously uh, well-regarded coming out of the University of Michigan and certainly becoming well-regarded as the head coach of the Wolverines. My goodness, is Michigan playing good basketball right now. How good? They're 11-0, and and Corey, their last three games have all been against ranked opponents and they've beat each one by at least 19. That's the first time that's happened in college basketball history. Michigan looks like a machine right now. They steamrolled Wisconsin last night, 77-54. And folks, it wasn't even that close. I'm sitting in a high school gym last night, and I went to check the score. At one point, it was 67-28. to And by the way, Wisconsin is a top 10 team. They're ranked number nine in the nation this week. Yeah. And the Wolverines just took them out behind the shed and smacked them. They, uh, we watched the first half. Uh, I've never seen a double, uh, what was it? A double screen before. Like, I've never seen that oh, actually okay. play out. And that happened a couple times with some huge Michigan dudes. Yes. Huge. That man in the middle, my goodness, he's got to be seven something dickinson i think just massive fun game to watch though 
they're a fun team to watch. They play very well. Everybody kind of gets a touch, and they play really good defense too. I, I think that's the thing that I appreciate about Jawan Howard's team is they really defend well, and they did it last night. They're unbeaten for the season at 11-0, and obviously unbeaten in the Big Ten, lead the conference, and if you believe, as many do, that the Big Ten is the best conference in America, boy, you can make a case for Michigan being underrated at number seven right now. Remember, they started the season not even ranked. They've kind of worked their way up. Now, nobody's arguing that Gonzaga does not deserve their number one ranking. But in my mind, Michigan is a top five, if not top three team in the country right now. Well, okay, we've burned all our excitement on that team. How about in our own backyard? So you've got Michigan. They have beaten three consecutive opponents who are ranked by more than 19. Notre Dame has lost to 26 consecutive ranked opponents, and chances are by about 6.30 this evening, it'll be 27 because they go and they play at Virginia and try as he might Mike Bray has never figured out how to solve Tony Bennett's defense. Tony Bennett plays this pack line defense, and what that means, Corey, is they basically keep four guys always down by the baseline and near the paint. Wow. So in order to beat them, you're going to have to be able to shoot well from the outside. Is it because these guys are also so big? If you're going to go to the basket, you have to find a way to go over them? They're long, rangy guys. Okay. I mean, Bennett's done a great job of recruiting. And, and this started when he was coaching at Washington State. I mean, Washington State, you may remember, played Notre Dame in an NCAA tournament game and shut the Irish down that year. Notre Dame was the favorite in that game. And ever since then, when Tony Bennett went to Virginia, I, I'm not sure Mike Bray has beaten uh, Virginia since Tony Bennett's been there. It's just, it's always exasperating to watch. Fortunately, I won't be able to watch this one because it's on the ACC network, and I don't get that. But Notre Dame and Virginia, 4.30 start this afternoon. Virginia's ranked number 18. This Notre Dame team, 3-7. and seven. And in talking to some people around the team, they're just, they're frustrated. They're frustrated and exasperated and and really don't know what to do right now. You know, I'm surprised we made it past that story without some random Tony Bennett impression. It's a great, great team that he's got there at Virginia. <laughs> and there it is. Moving forward. Moving forward, also last night, St. John's beat Butler 69-57. Ball State over Bowling Green. That's, that's a bit of an upset. Bowling Green was playing very well in the MAC. Cardinals win at 88-64. But... Last night, I had the opportunity to be over at Algae Oldham Gymnasium. That's the gym where South Bend Riley plays its home games. Only game last night on the schedule that had two winning teams going head-to-head was Northridge at Riley. We have Northridge on Friday night on TV 46, and so I wanted to get a chance to see Scott Radiker's team play. What would you see? What I saw was, first of all, a team that was coming off a loss against Warsaw. Warsaw had used a defense called a triangle and two. So three guys play a zone defense in a triangle, and two other guys go play man-to-man and get right in their guy's face. Okay. And the idea of that is you're trying to take away the best shooters on the other team. So 
Northridge has some very good shooters in Carter Stoltzfus and Sam Smith. You're going to play man-to-man against them, just harass them all night. The other three play his own because they're basically thinking the other three guys don't shoot it as well. We can defend them just in this little triangle. Warsaw did that the other night against Northridge and absolutely stifled them. Wasn't even close. So Riley obviously looked at that film and said, we're going to do the same thing that Warsaw did. So that means somebody else has to step up, and that somebody else last night was Clay Stoltzfus. And it's interesting, Scott Radiker is the head coach at Northridge, and before the game he had told his team, there's no way Riley will play us in a triangle in two. They're just too athletic. They won't do that. Well, they did. And when Clay Stoltzfus saw it, well, he talked about his reaction afterward. Obviously against Warsaw, we faced a triangle in two, and he told us there was a 99% chance we did not, we're not going to see it. As soon as we got the ball, I saw a triangle in two, and I, my eyes kind of lit up because for the past two days, fat past two practices, we've been working against a triangle in two, and you just, I mean, when they're going to take away guys like Carter and Sand, somebody's got to step up and make shots, and I was able to do that. I mean, there's no quit in this team. We've... You get knocked down 100 times, you get up 101 times. So you just got to continue to play. Obviously, Blake's a great player, and he's going to come at you in waves, and you just you just got to withstand the waves and just keep keep battling, keep battling, and it's not over till there's triple zeros on the clock. So Clay Stoltzfus goes on to have a career-high 19 points. He sinks six three-pointers. He really steps up. And still, it wasn't a bed of roses for Northridge. They fell behind in this game 41-30 to with three minutes left in the third quarter. Riley started heating up. They started hitting some threes. And Sam Smith, one of the seniors on this Northridge team, hits a three down in the corner, and that really seemed to spark them. They went on an 11-0 run to tie the game at 41, wind up winning it 62-54. So Northridge gets a big road win. They're now 6-3 and three on the season and they take on their vaunted county rival, Northwood, on Friday night in Middlebury, and that'll be our 46th game of the week. Northridge 6-3, and three, Northwood 8-2. and two. Nice. Also last night, John Glenn is undefeated. They are 9-0. and oh. They held off a challenge from Elkhart and won 60-55. And so now the stakes get really high on Friday night because John Glenn takes on St. Joe. St. Joe is ranked number six in Class 3A. They play in the same sectional that John Glenn does. And, of course, St. Joe has J.R. Kinesny, the young man who's going to the University of Notre Dame. This likely is the biggest game in John Glenn basketball history. Where's John Glenn located? It's down in Walkerton. They've been playing a lot of their games at North Liberty Elementary School this year. Okay. I think they're doing some work on the gym down there at John Glenn. Um but Travis Hanna's team is undefeated. They got a great game last night from the coach's son, Bryson Hanna. He had 18. Carter Young had 17. I think they had four guys in double figures last night. So they really share the ball well. They have good balance. It's not like there's one big star that you can focus on, like St. Joe. Uh, but they're playing terrific basketball right now. And we'll see how they fare against uh, – a team that a lot of people think might be the best 3A team around these parts, and that's St. Joe on Friday night. Also last night, Penn goes on the road and plays at Warsaw. The big storyline going into that game was the fact that the Penn coach, Al Rhodes, 
won a state championship at Warsaw. It was only his second time back at Warsaw since he had left the Tiger program many, many years ago. And he goes down there, and his sophomore, Marcus Burton, has a terrific night, scores 28 points. The big man, Casey Schultz, steps outside and hits a three to give Penn the lead in the last minute. And the Kingsmen hang on to win it 51-48, a much, much needed win for a Penn team that had really been struggling. Also last night, Mishawaka gets a win. They're now 5-1. and one. They beat Jimtown 62-52. Trent Johnson with 21 in that game for the Cavemen. Ron Heklinski, the head coach, did not coach in the game. He's sitting out. Nobody's saying officially that it's COVID, but, you know, these days when people don't show up at events, most of the time you figure, eh, it's COVID-related. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, But the Cavemen are playing well. They're 5-1, and one, finding ways to win games. Let's talk about the girls' side of the basketball. Well, Bryn Shoup Hill is a young lady that's going to the University of Dayton next year. Uh, she's been a standout at Goshen. Goshen is having one of its best girls' basketball seasons in a long time, probably since Barb Carball was the coach over there. And Bryn became Goshen's all-time leading scorer last night as the Red Hawks down St. Joe in a defensive struggle, 42-35. to so she passed Amy Swihart on the Goshen all-time scoring list, and it was nice of Amy to attend the game last night to see her record get broken. Uh, Sydney Wagner had 27 last night. Tippecanoe Valley beats Northwood 57-52. The Black Swish of Northwood, all kinds of struggling this year after winning the state title last year. They had some huge graduation losses. They've struggled with COVID. They've got a new coach in Mark Heater, and it just... Uh, it, it's been a rough, rough season down in Wakarusa and Napanee, but uh, not taking anything away from Tippecanoe Valley. The, the Vikings have a pretty good team. And then one other thing, uh, I mentioned Clay Stoltzfus had 19 last night. His sister Mariah attends Bethany Christian School, and she set a school record for steals last night with 14 in one game as Bethany continues its stellar season beating South Bend Career Academy last night. So I had Stoltzfy all over my Twitter feed last night. I believe that's the proper plural of Stoltzfus, isn't it? Is Stoltzfy? <laughs> it, it might be. Okay. Um, so, I'll have our fact checkers get on that. Do we have those? We, we do. Oh. Okay. They're in a room over there. Oh, that that's good to know. So that was the, uh, the girls' basketball scene. We always post all those scores on our 46 Sports Facebook page on, on the nights that there are a lot of games played. And so the season rolls on. Uh, Marion lost last night, by the way, to Homestead. Homestead is one of the better teams in the state of Indiana. So no, no sin there for the Marion Knights. But considering Marion's a top-20 program, that was... That was a big game last night over at Marion, and congratulations to Homestead. They go on the road and get a double-digit win. In case our Sports Yak listeners are fumbling and looking through uh, social media today and they see the LeBron video, the turnaround, why don't you explain that as you so graciously did for me? So last night in the Lakers game, LeBron comes down. He sets up in the corner, and the pass comes over to him. He takes the three-point shot, turns around and looks at the Lakers bench, and then after the ball splashes through the net, the Lakers bench erupts and he runs back down the floor to play defense. And a lot of people say, what was going on there? What was happening? 
apparently as the pass is coming over to LeBron, and everybody knows he's going to take the shot here, one of the guys on the bench says, bet you don't make it. And as LeBron explained in his post-game press conference, the only w- there's only two ways to confirm a bet, either shake hands or look someone in the eye. So I had to turn around and look him in the eye and say, bet. <laughs> and then the ball splashed through. And that's why the Lakers bench went nuts, as any bench would mm-hmm. under those circumstances. It's great that they can have still have fun. I mean, LeBron's in his, what, mid-30s now? And obviously, he's still having fun playing basketball. Yeah, that's what I saw in that whole unfolding was, okay, we got stuff happening here, but we can still be competitive, yeah. have fun, and and make shots, apparently. Well, yeah, he sure did. And you know who else is having fun is the Indiana Pacers. They beat Golden State last night, 104-95. to Miles Turner with... 22 points and 12 rebounds. You know who's not having fun is that team on your sweatshirt, the Chicago Bulls. And it's not because of the losing. It's because they didn't get to play last night. Boston Celtics have some COVID problems right now. Oh, okay. And so the Bulls and Celtics game was canceled last night. Celtics are supposed to play the Magic tonight. That game's been canceled. And so there are big questions in the NBA right now as to what they're going to do to solve this COVID problem they have because they've now had, I think, four games postponed within the last week because of COVID. Now, this is nothing new in high school or college basketball. Last year, the way the NBA got around that was to have the bubble down in Orlando to remove players from their families and their teams. I don't think there's any way the Players Association would agree to that again. Uh, that that was fine to kind of complete last season and the playoffs, but they're not going to isolate themselves from their families constantly to go entertain the masses. So the NBA has to kind of find some ways to get around this, to to work with the players, and I, I believe they've you know said, no hugging, no contact with people outside your team, um, elbow bumps rather than slapping fives, the the whole bit, you know, the kind of the things that the rest of us have had to do uh, for a while. And then the other brewing story right now in the NBA has to do with Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving has missed the last four games for the Brooklyn Nets. He has called it personal reasons and refuses to talk about it. The Nets have backed him in calling it personal reasons. However, there has been some talk that there is video out there that shows Kyrie Irving at a family birthday party without a mask on, which would be in violation of NBA protocols. And if he is found by the league to have violated the NBA protocols, A, he'll have to quarantine before coming back. But B, probably more importantly to Kyrie, he would lose game pay for every game that he misses because of COVID. Kyrie Irving makes $420,000 per game. Now, I realize if he still plays however many games this season, he'll be doing better than you and me. If he plays one game this season, <laughs> he'll be doing better than 
You Thanks for me. doing that math. But the fact of the matter is, that's a mighty big chunk yeah. to give up just because... Oh, that adds up quick. Yeah. Real quick. So... All that going on. Either get to plan or get some more of those shoes sold. <laughs> and then there's one other one other NBA story, and that has to do with James Harden. He plays for the Houston Rockets, mm-hmm. and he's made it very clear he doesn't want to play for the Houston Rockets anymore. He's under contract, so he shows up, and he plays during the games, and it's not as though he's sitting there trying to throw the game or anything. But in the post-game press conference last night, he basically said the situation down there is crazy. He's done all he can do for the team. They're just not good enough to compete, and he wants to go elsewhere. Hmm. And it's it's a classic case of him trying to force the team into trading him and him trying to be malcontented enough that they're just like, we got to get rid of him. The problem is the Rockets want something for James Harden. James Harden is one of the better players in the NBA, and the Rockets are asking a good price for him, and that's why teams aren't jumping out there to get James Harden. It has nothing to do with the malcontent act that he's putting on to get traded. It has more to do with what the asking price is from the Houston Rockets right now. Have we heard what that price is? Uh, they want first-round draft picks. They want talented players now. I mean, they they basically want a couple of talented players now and some first-round picks for Harden. Hmm. And I, I don't think I don't think they're going to be able to get both. Okay. So that's the basketball story right now. Lot going on in football as well. Um, let's start in the NFL as the Colts had a blow to their offensive line, although they, they kind of knew this was coming. Anthony Costanzo announced his, announced his retirement yesterday. He had started for 10 years for the Colts at tackle. and Any relation to George? No, this is Costanzo, not Costanza. Thank you. But don't worry, I battled with that all morning. <laughs> in, in it was putting, close enough, right? Putting together the story. <laughs> He started 153 games for the Colts during his career and and really secured the left tackle job, uh, was you know, one of the better linemen that they had on that team for years until that team rebuilt its offensive line and currently has a really good one headed up by Quentin Nelson. There is talk that Quentin Nelson might be moved from left guard where he's been all pro for the last three years out to left tackle. We'll see if that happens. If anybody can learn it, it's Big Q, but that's still a blow for the Colts as they look at their situation. You know, if you're Indianapolis right now, we talked about this a little bit Monday, Corey. Do you bring back Phillip Rivers? Does he want to come back? And would you bring him back? Or do you think you could trade? Uh, I guess there's three things here. You could bring back Phillip Rivers. You could try to trade for a veteran quarterback who's in a place that's struggling or you try to draft a quarterback to take over. The problem is if you try to draft a quarterback to take over, he's a rookie coming into a new system and, you know, the windows for playoff 
for teams to win playoffs and Super Bowls are usually pretty small. So you're kind of reducing that window by bringing in a rookie to take over. Okay. So your choice is basically Phillip Rivers or another veteran. The knock on Phillip Rivers is he can't throw the ball downfield anymore. He's very accurate on the short passes, but he's older and the arm strength is gone and he can't throw the deep ball. So do you get somebody who's a little bit younger but proven in the league who can throw the deep ball? Who's out there veteran player-wise that they could even look at? Well, you know, the Lions aren't going anywhere anytime soon. Matthew Stafford. Hmm. So that's a thought. I heard Matt Ryan from the Falcons, his name bantied about a little bit. They're not very good. They don't seem to be getting good, and their division is really good. So there's a couple of names right there. Now, would you take a shot on somebody that would come a little less expensively? Somebody like Jameis Winston? Uh, I don't think so. But those are the options that the Colts have to mull over right now. The Bears' options are more off-the-field personnel. Last night, Chuck Pagano, the defensive coordinator, announced his retirement. But most of the talk around Hallis Hall right now and around the NFL is that both the general manager, Ryan Pace, and the head coach, Matt Nagy, will be retained and coming back for the Bears. And I think most Bears fans that I've seen the reaction from are like, eh. Where did that Twitter poll end up the other day? Uh, You know, that's a good question. Let me call that up real quick while we sit here and talk. But You had a Twitter question of, like, what what do you fix immediately if you could? You had GM, uh, head coach, offensive line, players. Uh, It was was offense or defense. Okay. It it was – what which had the highest priority to be fixed was it GM, head coach, offense or defense? And I am I'm willing to bet I haven't hit that poll yet, but I'm willing to bet that it's going to be the head coach from um it was the offense. The GM had 32%, the head coach 24%, the offense 43%, and only 1% felt like the defense needed the most fixing. Okay. Now, there were several people who said, can we pick all four? I think (laughs) most Bears fans realize there's problems in every area there. But apparently the Bears felt the same way as the poll, and they retained the general manager and the head coach. So we'll see what they do now to fix the problems that they have. I hope they don't feel like, oh, we made the playoffs. We're on the cusp. I think anybody who watched that playoff game the other day knows how far away from the cusp the Bears actually are. And then one other football note on the college scene, Tom Allen from Indiana named the American Football Coaches Association Coach of the Year. I think if you're a regular listener to the Yak, you know I love me some Tom Allen. I think he's fabulous. Let's end with some hockey news, Chuck Freebie. Hockey season is underway tonight, Corey. The Blackhawks take the ice against the defending Stanley Cup champion, Tampa Bay Lightning. Oh, the NHL is back after a lengthy hiatus here. Blackhawks yesterday announced, and and here was their tweet, we are excited to announce a two-year extension for head coach Jeremy Collinson. 
And I quoted the tweet and said, why am I not as excited? Because this franchise, which won, what, three Stanley Cups in the decade of the teens, is on the downbound train. Again, just like I said about the Bears, don't be confused because the Blackhawks, quote-unquote, made the playoffs last year. They made the playoffs because the playoffs got extended. In other words, there were more teams allowed in the playoffs. Had the playoffs, just like the NFL, by the way, had the playoffs had the normal number of teams, the Blackhawks wouldn't have qualified. Now, you go into this season, and these things are not Jeremy Collinson's fault. Corey Crawford has retired. Kirby Doc has a broken wrist. Jonathan Taze has a mysterious illness. And Patrick Kane is getting older. He's still good. He's still really good. But he's getting old. So we talked a little bit ago about how the window is closing. Man, the window for the Blackhawks right now with Kane and Taze is barely open by a crack. And so, I don't have high hopes. I'd love to. I love watching the Hawks. But I don't have high hopes that this franchise is playoff bound in 2021. I hope they prove me wrong. <laughs> Got a long season to get into, so we'll see. It's uh, It'll be shortened. It's 56 games this year. There's usually gonna, it's? Usually it's a 82. Okay. Wow. No, no, no. That's NBA. Usually it's 70. Okay. So 56 games, and there's going to be a lot of staying in one city, playing multiple games, and then heading out so that uh, you try to keep the COVID prospects down. But there were 28 players who uh, tested positive for COVID through training camps. So the both the NHL and the NBA trying to get out of the bubbles because the Players Association probably wouldn't go back into them. That said, it, it's going to be tough for teams. They're going to have to be very flexible here with the 2021 season. Overrated, underrated. Oh, that segment. Let's yeah. go. Do you have Do you have anything? To I apologize. To I don't. Uh, I have at least one and maybe two here. Uh, the one was musical I heard on the way in today. Rod Stewart. Rod Stewart. <sighs> so you think about what does overrated mean? A bigger deal than what he is. Underrated. He deserves more. Right. I tell you what. Let's let's give this guy props though for figuring out towards the end of his career. He's at the end of his career. Yes. The classics and the standards. Part of his catalog has been through the roof sales-wise. Yeah. Bringing back those classic songs that our parents grew up with, hearing them again through the Rod Stewart filter. I've seen him twice in concert, and uh, he was older. Yeah. Uh, and I was told by our label rep that night that he was playing soccer all afternoon at Notre Dame. Running the run the field. I think he's in tremendous shape. He is. Especially for somebody who would have every reason yeah. not to be in tremendous shape these days. Hashtag 1970s, 1980s. Fun fact about Rod Stewart. Loves him some model trains. Really? Premier 
model train collector. Send him over to see Jerry McCree. In the world. I'm going to go underrated. You're going to go underrated. Underrated. I'm going to go on the mark. I think Rod Stewart is highly regarded. I think, as you mentioned, the music catalog, the number of hits show that he should be. Uh, I don't begrudge him hanging on here at the end, even though he's lost his fastball somewhat. Um, He could sing the phone book. Yeah. I feel like he could still do that. Yeah. And uh, I think for a guy that didn't take good care of himself, he's reclaimed it, and I'll I'll give him his props for that. But I don't think he's underrated. I, I think people highly regard Rod Stewart. What song did you hear this morning? Uh, do you think I'm sexy? Oof. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll call that a blemish. Any of that disco stuff, it's like, whatever. I understand. But let me say this. If you if you hear this segment when we talk about music and you're like, I'm going to go back and listen, listen to the MTV Unplugged album that he put out. Okay. It's all the classic hits, a little dialed back, mm-hmm. lets him show off the voice. That's a good record to listen to. And then uh, I'm going to take one from just the general celebrity world. Uh, He was on the Today Show today, and that's Mr. Justin Timberlake. Wow. That dude has so much in the arsenal. Singer, entertainer. He's an entertainer. He is. He is truly an entertainer. You ever seen him live? Had any friends see him live? I have not, no. It's something. It is truly something. And he's not a bad actor. I mean, there's a couple of stinkers in there, but, I mean, he's not bad. I would say down the middle. Down the middle feels pretty good. I would go a little bit underrated. I don't know that he is, I think because he has so much fun in what he does, Mm -hmm. especially the stuff that he does with Fallon. Yeah, Saturday Night Live, anytime he's on there. That's that's gold, That's appointment watching. Yes, it is. And... I think because he is so versatile, uh, I think he's a better actor than most people give him credit for. Agreed. And so I'm going to go underrated. Mm -hmm. And I would say in this moment, go find yourself on YouTube, NSYNC, bye, bye, bye. That's a good video. It's got some high-quality choreography. I think I saw you do it once. I would say if you're looking for something, I would say bring it on down to Homelessville. (laughs) <laughs> That's actually good acting. I thought he was great in Social Network, the Facebook movie. Social Network, Trouble with the Curve. Yeah. And that's about it. This feels like a good episode, a good spot to draw a line in the sand. I think so, too. I would like to say to you, Anthony Costanzo, we'll go back in the archives and dedicate number 153 to you. We'll etch your name in there with a star. It's a little late now. Is it? Yeah. Never mind, then. You can always find us on Twitter, Sports App with two Ks. Chuck is a tweeting madman at 46 Sports. You get a lot of stuff. Some of it has value. Some of it doesn't. And you're on Twitter as well. Yes, and much like you, some of it's value. Some of it's not. At my name is Corey. <laughs> yes. Until next time, Yak fans. Ooga Luga Vinny Testaverde. We've had some fun. Yeah, the show is done. Now we gotta run. It's Sports Yak. Sportcheck is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. We done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.